This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. Today on the show, everybody's sick of superhero movies, so The Flash has failed at the box office. Megan Markle's podcast is leaving Spotify. Is it okay to laugh at the billionaires who died on the submersible? Plus, how the hell can anyone afford Taylor Swift tickets? All that and more on 20th Century Boy, the podcast that's never going to give you up, let you down, run around, or hurt you. The 20th century boy. My name is All Mike Loving, <laughs> and this is the inside of my mind. Okay, um, welcome to the show, everybody. Radio Mike here, but of course, I start the show each week with a completely different name this week, and they're usually Mike themed. And I have said they're getting difficult, and thanks to people for sending them in this week. Of course, All Mike Loving, a reference to the classic Beatles tune. All my loving, which is which is absolutely great. This podcast is 20th Century Boy. It's the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else cares about. Um, you know, the, the topics of conversation that no one else will have with you. And that's because you're either a huge nerd like me and no one else in your life wants to talk about the stuff that you want to talk about. Um, and, and that's okay. That's why you come and have this one-sided conversation with me every week. You can't respond. Well, you can. You can respond, um, you know, radiomikepod at gmail.com, send in your thoughts or just DM me, radio.mike on Instagram, however you would like to get in touch. I'm happy to hear it out and listen. And you guys always help build the show as well. Um, If you are watching the video version and video versions go up on the YouTube channel every week, you will notice that the set behind me the podcast set is uh, is looking pretty empty. Uh, that's because uh, this is the last episode of TCB from this apartment. It's already been a year. I remember doing the episode when I moved in. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm moving next week, and this will be my final move for a long time, which is good. I'll finally be able to settle in a place because I've lived in like four places in the past four years or so. I've moved around a lot. This apartment's been great. Um, But yeah, I'm moving into a new place, better location. It's slightly bigger as well, which is good. And one of the first things I'm going to do when I sort of get to that new place is I actually want to build, try and build like a proper podcast set, like, um, you know, get some lighting, get some stuff to make it look a bit nicer and sort of design a set around the show um, if there's enough space, I'm also going to buy some new chairs. I don't know if you guys have heard this chair, this office chair I sit on. I'll put the mic down there. It's just, it's very noisy. I'm going to buy a chair like a, anyway, moving into a new place. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if there'll be an episode next week because, um, well, there might be, but it, it yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, one thing I wanted to start with is me and Pat uh, from uh, the Pat and Mike show, the producer of this show, get the Pat and Mike show over on Patreon, patreon.com slash radio Mike. New episode every week. Support the show. We're an independent podcast. Um, a few, about a month ago, I talked about the uh, the hot dog restaurant on Victoria Street in Richmond, Hot Dog, and uh, that we were going to go there because I thought it was a front for something. Um, we did go there and I'm going to put a little short 
adventure episode, bonus episode out, um, maybe on Friday this week or Monday next week, just in case there's no episode next week. I did kind of tell myself at the start of the year that I was going to take a week off in July when I was moving. So I'm going to, you know, try and be kind to myself, but I do like doing the pod. So I'll try and find time to do something for you. The other thing I wanted to say at the top here is I am traveling in a couple of months and I've kind of started alluding to it in the discord for the podcast and also on my Instagram, but um, looking to bulk record episodes. So I've already said the way it's going to work when I'm traveling is I'm going to do, um, I think every week on the Thursday, there's going to be an episode of the pod that's pre-recorded and then maybe every Friday there's going to be like a world tour um, version of the pod that's a bit shorter and just summing up my week of travel and what I've been doing which I think will be fun so um, any questions or topics that you'd be interested in hearing me talk about anything at all that you'd want me to talk about um, please send it in to me ask a question because I'm going to need you guys to help me build four shows that I'm going to have to record sort of like while I'm doing other episodes of the pod. So if you can help me out with that, that'd be amazing. Anything you'd want me to talk about would be great. I have a few things I wanted to talk about today. Um, The first thing I wanted to talk about, I guess, because it's, you know, it's been nearly a week, but because of the way this podcast comes out, I haven't had a chance to follow it up. But um, the submersible obviously was like one of the biggest stories of the last few weeks. And I think it's a really fascinating look at, I don't know, the, our culture and the way things are right now. Um, of course, if you don't know, uh, the story ended with it being confirmed that there was a catastrophic implosion on the Titanic or the Titan submersible uh, that resulted in uh, the deaths of the five people on board. The U.S. Coast Guard announced it's presumed all five people on board were killed after what appears to be a catastrophic implosion. I don't know why I got that audio. That's exactly what I just said. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about here. A lot to unpack with this, right? I think first is one, it's like, it's, it's horrible that it happened in, in it, maybe in a, in a good way. It was like good that it happened instantly. Like it was an instant implosion that would have killed everyone on board instantly as opposed to them being stuck on the bottom of the ocean with limited oxygen supply just counting down hoping someone would find them i think it's better that it was like an instant i suppose painless death but also to all the people being like are we gonna find the bodies like are they doing a like that google implosion like there won't be any bodies there's nothing left of those people i'm telling you now it would have just been a a big they're gone. And I think what's interesting about it, and of course there's been a lot of uh, commentary around how Oceangate, which is the company that ran the the submersible, the CEO of which um, Stockton Rush or something was on board the submersible and died, um, they weren't safe. Like they were deliberately cutting corners, cutting safety corners, trying to get as much money as possible to do these experiments, to do these dives and when they were warned by like actual professional deep sea diving companies that this isn't safe, you shouldn't be doing it. They were like, well, they don't, they just don't get like, they don't get the innovation we're doing. They don't get how important it it is for us to like be, you know, progressing science in this way by just doing it and defying the odds. And like it had run a few times before this fatal incident, right? 
it just gave way in this. But but it was known that it was unsafe. James Cameron, who we've talked about a lot on this show because obviously directs Avatar, also directed Titanic, funnily enough, and has done deep sea expeditions. He had this to say. Ocean Gate shouldn't have been doing what it was doing. I think that's pretty clear. I wish I had been more vocal about that, but I think I was unaware that they weren't certified. So it does just seem like they were literally just trying to like cut all safety corners, completely cut any safety standards and just try and get people to come on this thing hoping. Like I I genuinely think this Stockton Rush guy thought it was safe, but he must have known that he was, you know, pushing the limits a bit. And it's come out that, you know, he there were two people who were going to go on it, but then the guy's wife was like, don't go on it. It's not safe. So they pulled out and then he offered them like a $200,000 discount to get on and they still said no. Also, Mr. Beast, famous YouTuber, said he was asked to go on but he didn't want to. And, you know, it's just, it's it's terrible that these people died. But the most interesting part about it to me is the fact that there was so much kind of, not vitriol, but just so much jest around, like quite a tragic situation. But there were so many jokes at the expense of the people on the submarine uh, on the basis of the fact that they were very wealthy people, you know, billionaires, who had spent a quarter of a million US to go down on this really unsafe thing and see the wreckage of the Titanic, right? And they died and found it really interesting. And there was a bit of discussion while it was happening in the podcast Discord, which you can join, by the way, jump in for some conversation about how, like, is it okay to be making jokes? To which some people were like, yeah, like people die every day most of them in circumstances beyond their control, like starvation and murder and, you know, malnourishment and and, and stuff like that in third world countries, people dying every day. The same week a refugee um, or asylum seeker boat, you know, a boat full of people being smuggled was like, I think sank. And, you know, I don't know all the details, but like I think 700 asylum seekers drowned and no one was talking about that, but we were just fixated on this, I guess out of the ordinary story of billionaires trapped on the bottom of the oceans. And I guess the fact that they're quote unquote important people or wealthy people, right? Like we fixate on like, Oh wow. These are like important people. Those asylum seekers, like who cares about them? Asylum seekers die all the time. Billionaires don't die all the time. Like it literally is that. And I think it's really interesting because I did not see, I I saw so many jokes. I was making jokes as well. I was making so, so many jokes about it. And I kind of wondered why, because I am an empathetic person. And I was like, oh, it would suck if they, like, it does suck for them. It would be horrible for them. But also, I think the reason why people felt so comfortable making jokes about the billionaires on the submersible is because there genuinely is now, maybe more than I've ever noticed in the past, a huge discrepancy because of, like, the rise of cost of living and how quickly inflation is happening and like post pandemic, you know, cost rises and how like so many billionaires made so much money in the pandemic where so many ordinary people lost so much money. There is such a divide between the rich and the poor or even the rich and the middle class now that people genuinely are frustrated and angry at the super wealthy people in the world. And like, 
the irony of them using that wealth to go and do something purely for self, uh, self-aggrandizing like going on this expedition to the bottom of the ocean and to see the titanic something just like something only billionaires can dream of doing you know something where you're like like the idea of any of us average people listening having a quarter of a million dollars to spend on something like that right we will never we'll, like i'll never have that money i We'll never have enough money to blow away a quarter of a million dollars. I just never will. And I think a lot of the humor came from, well, you know, these are billionaires. They have enough money to do whatever they want. And maybe when you have so much money that you can do whatever you want, you just, everything just loses meaning. And you're just like, you're constantly searching for something to do. Because you do have to think about like, I'm really lucky. Like I, I like have a stable-ish income and I'm like, I've got savings and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm thankfully and gratefully not struggling for money at the moment, but you know, like I still have to work. I couldn't stop working today and be fine. Um, and I guess I have to choose what to buy with my money. Like even this trip I'm going on is like, I'm spending a lot of money and I think it's going to be worth it. But like, I can't just go out and buy something for a thousand dollars without really thinking about whether I need it or not. Like even like I was thinking of getting an Apple watch and then I was like, ah, oh, it's like $600. Do I really need another thing to be like connected to during the day? Is it really just a way for me to count my steps, which I can already do on my phone? You know, and I'm sure it's not as simple as that, but I just think this divide between rich and poor is just, is what allowed for this sea of, yeah, jokes. People found humour in the fact and irony in the fact that these billionaires found themselves in that situation because they were billionaires. No poor person could ever be in that situation. And maybe it is, like, sadly ironic that the same week there was this ship of asylum seekers that that sank. You know, maybe that is, like, this peppered irony of the whole situation in which... You know, while all of these sort of poor people who, you know, just are trying to stay alive died, these super wealthy people who had every opportunity in the world and who with their money could have probably saved all of those people and could have done so much good for the world, but they were instead spending a quarter of a million dollars on going to see the Titanic debris. You know, you don't lose much sleep over it. It is sad, but you're not like, ah, damn, like, that sucks. Like, you know, people in the Discord made a good point. Like, people die all the time around the world. This just happened to be people that are considered popular or famous or important. Like, they were in, people die all the time, but these people were important enough for the media to talk about it a lot. And that's the only reason we, we knew about it, to be honest. Found it really interesting overall. Of course, uh, the queen of pop herself, Taylor Swift, has announced she is coming to Australia. It's me. Hi. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. And this is so cool. And it, 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 but, it, but it's really interesting at the same time. A few things here. I think Taylor Swift is just like a remarkable pop talent. I genuinely love her music. I love T-Swizzle. Like all of her songs, when you hear them, 
you're just like, wow, this is pop music. This is what pop music should sound like. And she just, she always like reinvents herself, but just does it better and better every time. Like I remember when Taylor Swift came out with Love Story back in like 2008 or nine and being like, oh, this is like, this is like a really good song. But of course it was like Love Story. It was a bit lame at the time, but I remember being like, this is a good song. I wonder if this, this woman or this girl will like, will continue, right? Cause you really didn't know at that point. And for a while it was like Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift. Not going to lie. Katy Perry, literally who? Like Katy Perry has plummeted in popularity. I don't, I don't even think I could name. The last thing I remember about Katy Perry was when she shaved her hair and did that swish swish song and it was really bad. And then she did that weird dancing on that TV show, right? Katy Perry, done, out of here. Seriously doubt K-Pez. And, and, and it's funny because there was that whole feud between T-Swizz and K-Pez, right? And T-Swizz is still going strong. You know, she comes out with um, You Belong With Me. She comes out with We Are Never Getting Back Together. She comes out with, I don't know, all the, oh, that 1989 album by Taylor Swift. That is just, I would argue, that is like one of the best pop records in the world. That is an incredible album. Go and listen to it. Blank Space, Shake It Off. Like all of these unbelievable songs. And then she did that song Me with the guy from Panic at the Disco. And now she's got Antihero, which I genuinely just think is like in- an incredible song. It's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And she's just permeating pop culture. She's just the biggest star in the world. And I think that's great for her. I love, I love her music. Unashamedly love Taylor Swift. And so she's coming to Melbourne. Couldn't tell you the last time she was here. I've never seen her live. Would honestly like to see Taylor Swift live, but I already know there's no way I'm going to get tickets. It's at the MCG, right? Which is a massive football stadium. And I just wanted to read out some of the costs if you want like a special ticket to Taylor Swift's concert, right? So the most expensive ticket you can get to Taylor Swift is the it's been a long time coming package. The package includes... Pay close attention to the words. Package includes one unforgettable A-reserve floor ticket. It's an unforgettable A-reserve floor ticket, okay? You also get a special set of four Taylor Swift prints, exclusive Taylor Swift VIP merchandise, commemorative Taylor Swift The Errors to a VIP tote bag, collectible Taylor Swift pin, sticker, and postcard set, plus souvenir concert ticket and special VIP to a laminate and matching lanyard. $1,249.90. That's Australian dollars, which is probably, you know, maybe it's like 800, 900 US dollars. And it'd probably be like, I don't know, like 506. No, I don't know. Don't worry about that. (laughs) I was trying to do the conversion to, um, to pounds, but I didn't, I couldn't do it on the spot. Someone do it now. So you get an unforgettable, a reserved floor ticket. You then have the karma is my boyfriend package. That's the next level down. 
Now, this package includes, and keep in mind, the Taylor Swift It's Been a Long Time Coming package has one unforgettable A-reserve floor ticket. The Karma Is My Boyfriend package includes one phenomenal A-reserve ticket and everything else. Now, that's $899.90, which is interesting. And then you also have the I Remember It All Too Well package. Now, the It's Been a Long Time Coming, an unforgettable A-reserve. The Karma Is My Boyfriend, a phenomenal A-reserve. For the I Remember It All Too Well package, you get one incredible A-reserve ticket in the lower level. And that's a little bit cheaper. But like the base tickets anyway. But also, what is the difference? What's a phenomenal, what's a incredible, and what is a, what was the other one? Some other adjective. Uh, phenomenal, unforgettable, and incredible. What is the difference between those three? What, what, tell someone explain it to me. Because the, it doesn't seem like there's anything different between any of these three packages, but one is like $500 more. The base tickets are like $350. Like it's so expensive and like all credit to her. Like she is one of the most, she is one of the biggest pop stars in the world. I'm just wondering, I think the MCG seats 80,000. Now let's just average that at $350 per ticket, some paying more, some paying less. So we'll just balance it out. That is $28 million revenue if she sells out the stadium that night, which she definitely will. $28 million of revenue plus merch sales. So let's say if there's 80,000 and like 20,000 people buy a $50 thing, that's another, that's another, if one in four people buy a $50 item of merch, that's another $29 million. So it's like $50 million there of revenue. Maybe Taylor Swift should have been down in the submersible. She must. Is Taylor Swift a billionaire? She must be. Taylor Swift net worth. What do we got? About 400 million. So she's nearly halfway there. Okay. It's phenomenal. Like, I I just think paying, like, I would love to go, but one, every single person, I'm recording this on the Wednesday. I think the pre-sale tickets are up now. Every single, particularly every single girl I know on Instagram is posting like an Insta story of like, trying to get tickets. Has anyone, has anyone got through yet? Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I've got to get the tickets. It's insane. Like I guarantee you she will sell out. Like whatever, whatever you're making salary this year, just know that Taylor Swift if you're making $50,000 salary this year, Taylor Swift is making a million times more money than you. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not. No, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. She's like, If you're making $550 salary, which no one should be, then Taylor Swift is making a million dollars for every dollar you make. <laughs> Nah, I mean, it's all revenue. I'm sure there's lots of costs to the show, but she'll take home a fucking lot of money. It's it's amazing. We all chose the wrong profession, to be honest. We all should have gotten into um into just um being a pop star. Then we'd all be rich. No one would be here. We'd all be living it up. The Flash came out. I talked about The Flash a, year, a few a few months ago on this show. 
about all the Ezra Miller stuff and Ezra Miller basically becoming DC's biggest liability. And, um, you know, the the movie's finally come out. They've finally just been like, all right, we have to release this movie. We've got to put it out. And I haven't seen it yet. Pat, producer Pat, catch him on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Pat and Mike. He's seen it. He really enjoyed it. No, did he enjoy it? He said it's a mess, but he liked it. My brother saw it, said he liked it. And I have had a bit spoiled for me, like, and I'm not going to spoil anything here, but, you know, I think it's, 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 it's known that, like, there are cameo appearances and it's, like, another multiverse kind of movie, right? Why, why is everything a multiverse now? Why, why is every single movie a multiverse or a universe? Why can't we just go back to having normal movies? Why does every movie have to be like, oh, it's a multiverse. This guy was in this movie like 20 years ago and that's not related, but it was like the same character and now he's like crossed over into this universe and then this guy was in a different movie like two years ago and it wasn't part of this universe, but he's crossed over from the multiverse. So everyone like is together in the... Mo- like, can we... The mo- No one gets the multiverse. No one, no one asks for this. Everyone's over it. We're all over the multiverse. I don't want to hear about multiverse until, un, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to hear about multiverses anymore. I'm sick of multiverse. You know, I can barely deal with universe. Uni means one, verse means verse. I can barely deal with a universe. Suddenly it's all multiverse. That's the big thing now. Anyway, the flash has failed. Uh, there's no other way to say it. It has failed commercially, which is the point of movies like The Flash to make lots of money. Um, it hasn't even made back its budget. Um, I think it's made $213 million, which sounds good, but it cost about $250 million to make the film. I would argue they've lost more money on the way with all of Ezra, Ezra Miller's screw-ups, but it's, it's not doing well. And you got to ask yourself, like, why is this happening? Personally, putting all the Ezra Miller stuff aside, putting DC aside, I just think, and I'm going to make a bold call here, I think we've had enough of superhero movies. I think it's time. I think everyone's sick of them. And I think the reason everyone's sick of them is probably because of the multiverse. It's just like it's too much now. We liked, I think, I think superhero movies peaked, like we all know, at Avengers Endgame because that was like the culmination of all of these Marvel worlds colliding. That was cool. Wasn't a multiverse. Soon as the word multiverse was floated, everyone lost interest. But seriously, superhero fatigue is real. Like even all the last few Marvel movies have not performed as well as like the original ones did. It's all going downhill. And I think it'll still exist for a while. The Marvel ones still make money. But that being said, I think it's just, it's just oversaturated now. It's like there's particularly with Marvel, I've seriously lost a lot of interest in Marvel. Like all the TV shows, all the stuff they want you to watch this, this world that's just a bit too big now And now everyone's like, oh, I just don't want to see a superhero movie. And I don't care. I don't care about cameos. I think Spider-Man No Way Home, when the three live action Spider-Man appeared, that multiverse was good. But I don't, like, that was the last, that was the only one I really cared about. And I don't think it's coming back. I think people are genuinely just like, I don't care about this anymore. I don't care about 
Marvel. I don't care about DC. I've lost interest in superheroes and things come in waves. And I think it's fair that fair that they've that that they're starting to dwindle in popularity. But it is such a shame about um, Flash because the other thing is like tr- the Flash was trying to capitalize on nostalgia the same way Spider Man No Way Home was. Right? They were trying to capitalize on. Oh, Michael Keaton's Batman from the seventies or the or the eighties or the nineties is back, and then there, uh, there's a bunch of other cameos as well, and you're just like, nah, don't care. Whereas you look at, I mean, on the contrary, you look at Spider-Man uh, across the Spider-Verse, the new animated one, which also is a multiverse film, which this kind of counteracts everything I've said. That's made a ton of money and is a really successful, critically acclaimed, commercially viable film. Um, so what is the difference then between something like The Flash and uh, Across the Spider-Verse? And producer Pat and I were talking about it. He made a good point, which is that maybe people are turning back to like wanting to see something creative and artistic as opposed to something that's just deliberately trying to capitalise on our nostalgia. So Across the Spider-Verse is this like undeniably artistic film that's so ambitious with its animation style and its uniqueness. And then the flash is just like a run of the mill superhero movie. That's trying to have as many references as possible, as many pop culture references as possible in there to get people to buy a ticket. Whereas across the spider verse is like, if you see this movie, you're seeing something on screen that you've like never seen before. And that's the difference. That's the difference between those two movies and why one's successful and why one isn't. I think superhero movies have a long way to go, but I think they're going to be less successful as long as they're ma- as long as they're making money. They'll keep making them, but as soon as they're losing money, like DC is now, but as soon as Marvel's losing money, they'll start to phase out the uh, the MCU. Got a message in the Discord from Radio Slightly Damp Flareon. Again, love the names you guys come up for yourself. And uh, also in the world of movies, we've got the live-action Minecraft movie that is coming out. You heard that right. Minecraft, a video game known for its blocky textures and, you know, square-like animations is doing a live-action movie starring Jason Momoa. <sighs> I don't... I don't like this. Slightly damp Flareon said, what are your thoughts on this? And I don't like it. Not that I'm not interested in in video games being adapted into movies because I think that's happening a lot. They're getting better. You know, Super Mario Bros. was great. Sonic the Hedgehog was great, but I have no idea why they want to make a live-action Minecraft. Just make a an animated one with the animation in the games. Make it see like it'd it'd be great. I don't understand why you would do it in live action. How is that going to translate at all? It's going to. I can call it now. This movie is going to be terrible. It's going to be absolutely shit. Like, why would I pay money to see Jason Momoa play, I assume, Steve from Minecraft in live action? I get it if he was voicing the character and it was animated, which kids would love. 
you know, if you made an animated Minecraft movie in the style of the game, right, in the animation style of the game, just round it out a bit, you know, CGI, make it look smooth and crisp, not like the pixely stuff on the game, but just, you know, those character designs and stuff. That that could very quickly become one of the highest grossing films of all time. Kids would love it. Parents would drop their kids off at the cinema while they go and shop and then pick them up. Like everyone would see it. I would see it. Anyone who's ever played Minecraft would see it. People would love it. But a live action one is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. It's like the live action Super Mario Bros movie they made in like the 80s that was like considered one of the worst movies of all time. I think this is a terrible idea. Last thing I want to talk about. The past few weeks, on the podcast in the past rather, I've talked about, um, you know, various, the, the podcast industry, the, the podcast industry in general. Various fictional characters now have podcasts. You know, you've got uh, Arthur, the Aardvark, Peppa Pig, the pig. Is her name Peppa Pig? Is her surname Pig or is it just Peppa the pig? I don't know. Even Jemay, Chris Lilly's Jemay has a podcast. Um, but thankfully, the podcast industry just got a little less competitive because Meghan Markle has ended her podcast collaboration with Spotify. Meghan Markle's $25 million podcast deal with Spotify has been ended two years early, I believe. Now, they were contracted to Spotify, Megan and Harry, and I think Megan did a podcast called Archetypes. Um, and basically, the, I think they had an agreement to do like a bunch of episodes over a few years and they didn't meet the content. They, they didn't make enough content to like reach the full payout. So they're not even being paid the full amount. Um, they did 12 episodes of this podcast and it was like very lukewarm received. Find this really interesting a lot of people have now come out and been like, Megan Markle isn't good audio talent. And I agree with that. You know what? I'm really neutral now on the whole Megan and Harry thing. I've talked about it enough, but I think I want to talk about it more in the podcast scheme of things. Cause, and I have complained about it before as an independent podcaster who just makes my own stuff, right? There is this saturation now. And of course it was always going to happen. And it sucks. I actually hate it. Of just like, famous people just doing podcasts as another thing that they do. Um, can be done well, but generally I just think it lacks any kind of integrity. Like when I'm, when I do this show, like, uh, you know what, it's hard to even say that and put those words out there, but like Megan Markle doing a podcast, of course she is like, and, and of course people are going to listen to it. And of course it's going to like steal attention and steal ears. And it's like, I always think like people like me who are just making independent podcasts, like I'll never get to that point because of all these famous people just who are like, you're famous, do a podcast. And most of the time, and I did a tweet about this this week, most podcasts now that I see are just like either A, I'm famous and every week I talk to another person who's one of my friends that's also famous and we just talk shit for an hour. The other one is... I'm not that famous, but every week I talk to a funny person about what makes them funny and are they are they funny? You know, how did they become funny? Just talk about that. And it's like the same podcast over and over again. Like, oh, it's just me spinning a yarn with my mates. 
And I feel like when you, like, that's not a format. And I'm trying to build this show to have a format, like, you know, what this show is. It's a format. And I think coming back to Meghan Markle, it's just like thinking that everyone who's famous is inherently a good podcaster and inherently a good broadcaster in general or a good speaker that can create engaging content. I see it a lot. And Spotify in Australia notoriously, like, canned a lot of their Spotify original Australia podcasts. There were lots of influencers that just got signed to podcasts and then they did like 12 episodes of them and then it suddenly just got... Apparently Spotify just cut all funding because Spotify thought, oh, all of these people on TikTok have like a million followers. So if we do a podcast, they're going to get like hundreds of thousands of dollars. But Spotify wasn't ready for that. They didn't have... I don't think they had the resources to make those shows work. And the resources, yeah, just to to support them. And they all got sort of axed. Like you'll find a lot of those Spotify originals aren't running. Some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. And I just think it's just interesting for the podcast industry. Megan Markle leaving, like they're all sort of blaming her for being a bad, bad on-air talent. And to be honest, guys, Spotify, if you want to know what good audio talent looks like, this guy. But seriously, I think it's probably like... I think it's just an easy way for Spotify to like get rid of people and get a lot of money back that they poorly invested and stuff like that. Anyway, it's really interesting. I actually did have one one more thing I wanted to talk about, which I uh, is just a little bit of little bit of fun, um, and that is this news story I saw uh, about Melbourne University, of which I am a former student of, but not in the way you might think. Um, the University of Melbourne has achieved the highest ever global ranking of an Australian tertiary institution in the annual QS rankings as three Australian universities claim a spot among the world's top 20 for the first time. The 2024 QS World University rankings show a continued rise for the University of Melbourne, last year the only Australian institution in the world's top 50. This year, the university climbed from 33rd to 14th. So, Melbourne University now considered the 14th best university in the world. And I'm here to say it ain't true. Don't let them fool you. It ain't true. No, I, uh, I famously or infamously or not famously, I don't know. I went to Melbourne University for a year and it was like the worst year of my life. Now I, I went to Melbourne University to do an arts degree and I, hated it. And I know a few people who enjoyed it and got a lot out of it, but it just wasn't for me. But I was blinded out of high school. I got a good ATAR and I was blinded by the prestige of Melbourne University that it flaunts. Like I thought, well, if I go to Melbourne University, I'll be a success because it's such a renowned university. And I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was just doing something because I didn't know what to do, but I thought going to Melbourne University was going to be the best idea for me, even though it almost certainly was not. And I just look at that and and this is this is what we forget, I think. We all forget that like Ooh. schools, private schools, universities, they're businesses and their goal is to make money. I'm sorry, but that is a reality. And... I had a lot of pressure put on me to go to university and I'm curious about other people's experiences with this because 
I went to Melbourne and I, yeah, I hated it. I was depressed. I, I hated it. I was like 18, had no idea what I wanted to do. And I dropped out of that arts degree because I was like, what, what am I doing here? I don't enjoy this. I don't want this. I got told to go to university. Everyone told me Melbourne University was the best university in the like in Australia. You've got to go there. So I went there. Melbourne University, I think, is good if you know you want to be like a – if you want to go and do like a Bachelor of Science and be a science researcher or like a scientist or – get a business degree or a commerce degree and work for one of the big four, you know, do stuff like that. It's not good if you want to like do it. I don't think it's good if you want to do anything creative. And I actually think the value of university has diminished um, monumentally over the last few years, particularly since COVID. I think the world is changing so fast and I actually think I would have been better off not going to university and not going to the like institutionalized private school I went to because I think if I went to a school that just encouraged me to be creative and encouraged me to do what I'm doing now, I could have been much further ahead and I would have been so much less anxious and so much less like self-doubting of my journey to do this. Like, I'm really glad I broke out of a lot of that, but so much of my school and university, like, time was just about just getting into a stable full-time job and that's the only goal and there's no other way you can live and be happy. I dropped out of my arts degree at Melbourne Uni and now I do this. You decide if that's good or not, but, you know, like, I've got a pretty good career. I, I, I did do a media degree at RMIT, which I thought was fantastic. I think... If you don't know what you want to do, I don't think you should go to university. To anyone who, I don't know, if there's anyone at high school that listens. If you don't know what you want to do, you shouldn't go to university. If you then figure out, I specifically want to do this, you should go and learn. But like, I think now, particularly with creativity, I could have been doing what I'm doing way earlier. And I wanted to be, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be doing this. Um, And I finally got there, but... I don't think university is worth it anymore. I don't think having a degree, if you don't, if it's not like a specific training you need to do, like if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to university. If you want to be a lawyer, you've got to go to university. If you want to be a physio, you've got to learn how to be a physio and you do that at university, right? But if you, like, I don't think, unless it's a, a specific thing that you need to learn how to do, a nurse, whatever it is, I think that university's value has plummeted, particularly in the arts and humanities and creativity. I think that, yeah, I think it is really prominent. And it's really funny because sometimes I think like you could, not that anyone would do this, but you could go to like, if you could go and, because a lot of lectures you can just go to, even if you're not, even if you don't go to the university, you could just go into a lecture. It's not like they have security or anything. Just go into a lecture. You could go to like a batch, a medical degree lecture every week and learn everything about being a doctor that everyone else is learning but you just couldn't go and practice medicine because you didn't enroll for the university like it's all just it's all business and they trade off things like this like we're number 14 in the world like of course you should come here well no you shouldn't unless you want to do something specific that they offer don't my advice is don't do an arts degree at melbourne 
if you if you want to do it, like the, the degree I did, the media degree at RMIT was really good. I met a lot of like-minded people. They pushed me in a good direction to go and do what I'm doing now. But I think if I went to a school and like if I ever had kids, I would like be more thoughtful about this because my parents just thought best education, best result, um, which is why I ended up at the school that I was at. I would think so much more about, um, I don't know, just like how you can find what a kid wants to do and help foster that instead of just trying to put them through a cookie cutter routine. I'm very skeptical about university and I have a degree. I don't think, I think moving forward, it's going to become less and less relevant, less and less valuable. But because all the school, the private schools want to make money, the universities want to make money, the system will continue because it generates a lot of money, sadly. And I know a lot of people who have a lot of hex debt that they are not paying off anytime soon. And that sucks. The plug. I wanted to plug, uh, one, my appearances on Two Guys, One Cup on the Listener app. I do a segment each week on that show. For Patreons, I'm thinking, like, I'm not really allowed to, but I'm going to clip up all of my segments from the year um, so far and put it on Patreon so you can just go and hear it. Um, But if you are not a Patreon, you can go and listen to that every week. Uh, Again, wanted to appeal to your generosity patreon.com slash radio mic the pat and mike show is soaring to new heights and it's just where we get to talk a bit more goofy stuff and have a bit more fun uh well not more fun just have different kinds of fun with pat would absolutely love you to jump on the patreon and help support this show or 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 my other shows or if you enjoy anything i do please support me on patreon um here is a, a little snippet from last week's Pat and Mike. I lit a match and I was like, I wonder what would happen if I lit one match and then opened the match box and just lit another match. You fucking idiot. And did you I do did it over it, a sink? No, I just did it in my bed. And what? my whole match box just exploded and caught <laughs> fire. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I had to like stamp it out. Imagine if the apartment had just caught fire and the fire alarm went off. The whole building had to evacuate. And then they're like, what happened? What's the source of the fire? And I'd be like, oh, so I took a match out. And I just wanted to see what would happen if I tried to light all the other matches. How stupid's that? Uh, of course, Harry Potter and the boys each week. Sam Garlip jumping in, uh, and he is hilarious. And last week we looked at Voldemort's name, Tom Riddle, in different languages. In French, Voldemort's name is Tom Elvis Jedusor, which translates to Je suis Voldemort. Voldemort's name in Danish, Romeo G. Detlev Jr. <laughs> 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 Icelandic name of Tom Riddle, Trevor Delgome. Get out. <laughs> Get out. And that's about it this week, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. My name has been Radio Mike, and this podcast has been the inside of my mind. Catch you later.
podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com. 